Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring singer Marilyn Maxwell, comedian Phil Foster, an episode from that zany quiz show It Pays to be Ignorant, Jack Carson with Mel Blanc as Private Sad Sack, and an episode from the radio series Bonnie and Clyde. Marilyn Maxwell was a motion picture actress and popular singer. Here she is singing one of the hit songs of the 40s. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek. I don't mind Sunday night at all. Cause that's the night friends come to call And Monday to Friday go fast And another week is past But Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week I sing the song that I sang For the memories I usually see Until I hear you at the door Until you're in my arms once more That's the night friends come to call And Monday to Friday go fast Mmm, Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually see Until I hear you at the door Until you're in my arms once more Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week Comedian Phil Foster has been around for years Nightclubs, vaudeville, and, and lately he's become a big hit on television He also appeared on the NBC Big Show in 1950 with these results well, uh, I don't know if you know, but around my neighborhood in Brooklyn, uh, everybody's out of work. No, nobody likes to work. We only got one fellow in the whole section that is working steady, and he works every Christmas at the post office. <laughs> and uh, so when I go home, my mother said to me very nicely, I hope you haven't been seeing Skyler, because he's a hydromatic vagabond. I said, Ma, stop being so fancy. What is that? What's a hydromatic vagabond? She said he's a shipless bum. <laughs> But I can remember when I was out of work, I used to live in Coney Island. And that's the last block in America. <laughs> the next block is Avenue A, Paris. <laughs> so I used to get a quarter a day for my mother to look for a job. And uh, those days used to be a quarter at the New York Paramount before one o'clock. And from Coney Island to the Paramount was easily 16 miles. <laughs> so I couldn't make it. 
So one day I used to hide under the boardwalk and top of the boardwalk. I used to own the pool rooms, the libraries. And about three o'clock, I go in the hall, take the dirt off the wall, put it on my head, walk into the house, say, Ma, I couldn't find a job. <laughs> I was a very big liar. Then the second day, I get another quarter. That's a half a buck. But with a half a buck, you're in action. You can move around a little bit better. <laughs> Ten cents, I blew on car fare. And another quarter to pay my way into the pictures, 35 cents, a nickel for my meal. <laughs> what are you laughing? You get a bar of chocolate with some water. You mix the whole thing up. You don't want to eat nothing for the rest of the day. <laughs> and like that, I lived for a couple of years. I could have found a job, except that I knew I was going to be an actor someday, and I was practicing how to be out of work. <laughs> so one day I woke up the second day. Instead of having 50 cents, I got 30 cents. And there's a reason for that. The night before, I took out a girl. I, uh, I blew 20 cents on her And I found out that she was gone steady I could have killed altogether So here it is, 30 cents 6.30 in the morning What am I going to do? I'll walk to New York How far could it be? So I went down Epstein Avenue I turned left on 17th Street This must be very interesting to the people from Iowa right now But if you ever come to New York You follow uh, this route You'll see it's very interesting and I went left, this is the shortcut, incidentally, on 17th Street. If you don't know this way, you gotta go to Ocean Parkway, much longer. <laughs> so I went to the left, I turned over a little bridge, and I went to Bath Beach, Bay Ridge, Fort Hamilton Parkway, Fourth Avenue, uh, Borough Hall section, over the bridge, another bridge, and then I got to New York, Broadway, I finally got to the picture, I think I was too tired, because I can't remember the picture. <laughs> then with the my remaining nickel, I got on the subway, I came home. I walk in the house, there's my father, both feet stuck in a pail of water. I said, Pa, what happened to you? He went, eh? <laughs> I said to my mother, what's wrong with him? She said, he followed you. My father got me a job. I would never find one. He got me a job as an usher. And uh, let's be honest with each other, people. I don't know if you know the audiences in Brooklyn, but they're a type of an audience. If somebody in the screen shot and asked the question, the people in the audience feel that they must answer it. <laughs> if somebody in the screen shot and say, Where are you going? Somebody in the audience must say, Who's gone? <laughs> so, anyway, let's be very honest. When you see a picture, you people that are in the audience and listening, when you see a picture from beginning to end, one time, this is pretty good. If you see the same picture twice, that's a near miracle. If you see the same picture three times, this is the miracle. I, as an usher, used to have to see the same picture 30 times, 40 times. After a while, I got punch drunk just for watching the picture. When a tree moved in the picture, I moved with the tree. After a while, I began to show people to the seats in the mood of the picture. Whatever is playing on the screen, that's how I showed them to the seats. It was a jungle picture. I used to show people to see something like, <laughs> And it was a Western picture of something like, Howdy, partner. I reckon you're looking for a deuce in the old corral. And it was a gangster picture. I used to show them to see something like, You're looking for two. I got it for you. <laughs> Follow me down the aisle, I'll slip you in. <laughs> There'll be three of us going down and only one of us coming back. <laughs> and 
that one wasn't me because I went on a stage. <laughs> That's why I became an actor. One of my favorite programs during radio's golden days was It Pays to be Ignorant. The show starred Tom Howard as MC with panelists George Shelton, Harry McNorton, and Lulu McConnell. It was a quiz show that required few answers, if any at all, and, and certainly no pauses because of the gags and laughs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy It Pays to be Ignorant. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our board of experts tonight consists of three people. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled The Beekeeper's Guide, or What to Do for the Hives. But here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Mr. McNaughton, ladies. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. I see. I have a lovely horse. To me, he is a friend. He has a lovely tail. Well, finish it. That's the end. That's the end. <laughs> Marvelous. His name is Caboose. His name is Caboose, I see. I suppose he's always last on the track. I see what you oh, mean. Well, of course. next we have a woman who has so many chins, she puts a bookmark between them so she'll know where to put her teeth in the morning. <laughs> a woman who eats like a bird, a peck at a time, Miss Lulu McConnell, ladies and gentlemen. Miss McConnell. Yes. You know, I was reading the most amazing thing in the paper the other day. You were reading something? What was it? Really? Well, it said last year over 30,000 seals were used to make fur coats. Well, what's so amazing about that? Well, isn't it wonderful what they can teach little animals to do? Yeah, it is. Well, I see your point there. Miss McConnell, if I didn't know you and someone described you to me, I wouldn't believe it. That's <laughs> Next, we have a man who went to boarding school because he wanted to learn to be a carpenter. A man who can't get life insurance because there'd be no way to prove he was dead. Mr. George Shelton. Mr. Shelton. Oh, there you are, Mr. Howard. I just saw you. Been here all you the know, time. I feel like a pair of boxing gloves tonight. I see. And just as punchy. Just as punchy. All right. Say, so, you know, a peculiar thing happened to me last night. I was scared to death. You were scared? Mm. What'd you do, pass a mirror by something? Yeah, I went, no, 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 not this time, not no. Not this time. You see, I was in the dark all alone. Yeah. Suddenly, I felt for my wallet, and it was gone. Gone? Can you imagine that? Yeah. Then I felt for my watch, and that was gone. Uh-huh. Then I felt for my coat, yeah. my hat, my shoes, my pants, and they were all gone. Yeah? Good heavens, where were you? In bed. <laughs> well... Certainly a new name for a park bench. Well, there they are, folks. If you think for one minute things will get better, you're just chasing rainbows. Here is our first question this evening. Here is the question. What president was born on Lincoln's birthday? No help from the audience, please. Are you in a position to uh, answer the question, Mr. McNaughton? Well, frankly, no, Mr. Howard. Uh-huh. No, the position I'm in now is not very comfortable. I see. I always do my best thinking standing on my head. Uh-huh. A clear yes. case of non-support. I see what you mean. <laughs> Miss McConnell, you should know what president was born on Lincoln's birthday. That was, uh, back in your time. Well, me and my old man celebrated our anniversary last week. I see. And he told me I looked like a million. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think you look that old, Miss McConnell. <laughs> Maybe a couple of thousand, but not a million. <laughs> a couple of thousand years old, Mr. Connell. 
You must have known Cleopatra. Uh, no <laughs> doubt. I said, tell me, would, did she and Mark Antony when now, they... Now, listen, Now, wait a guys. minute. Please, look. I was at that All class. right, look, please. We're not discussing Miss McConnell's age. That's no. ancient history. The question... <laughs> the question... Sit down, please. The question before the board is, what president was born on Lincoln's birthday? That's right. I ought to know that. I think you should. Now, let me see. Now, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't worry, he won't. <laughs> he don't know himself. Uh, all right, never mind. Now, let me see. Now, Lincoln's birthday. Lincoln's birthday. That's a holiday, isn't it? That's right. You know, I was born on a holiday. You were? What yes. day were you born? I was born on February the 10th. February the 10th? That is no holiday. It isn't? No. My mother took the day off. Your mother took the day off. Miss McConnell, can't you answer the question? Is it necessary? Ah, uh, look. What president was born on Lincoln's birthday? James Buchanan. That's wrong, James Buchanan. I know it, yeah. but I've got to say something. <laughs> I don't, nobody will know I'm here. Uh-huh. Is that bad? <laughs> Let's get on here. What's the matter with you tonight? Huh? What's the matter with you tonight, Miss McConnell? Oh, I don't know. I've been feeling a little run down lately. Oh. What do you take when you're run down, Mr. Shelton? I always take the license number of the car. I did. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I always take onions, you know. You take onions. Onions, they're the secret of good health. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I can eat onions and keep, keep it a secret. All right, all right, please. If any of you had any brains, you'd certainly keep it a secret. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I could answer the question if I had a mind to. I see. Too bad you haven't got a mind, Mr. I... Shelton. Look, we're talking about a birthday. Oh, a birthday. A birthday. I had a birthday last week. They gave me the loveliest party. There was a cake with a candle on it for every year of my life. How could you stand the heat, Miss McConnell? <laughs> I think you know, I baked a birthday cake for my wife last week. You did? Did you write happy birthday on it? I tried to, but I couldn't get the cake into the typewriter. Hey, <laughs> Mr. McNaughton, if you ever have a chance to lead your life over again, don't do it, please. No, I think if he does it again, he should try pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. And you can make carbon copies of those. Oh, I can see your point there, yeah. You know, I'll never forget the last time I tried to bake a birthday cake. Oh, you oh, tried. Oh, yeah. When I got the cake all ready, put candles on it, and boy, was that thing a mess. Yeah. Oh, really? What happened? Well, when I took it out of the oven, the candles were all melted. I see. <laughs> Well, you see, Mr. Shelton, must have been a very poor quality candle. Yeah. Boy, was I sore. You were sore. I waxed indignant. You waxed. Very good. You waxed indignant. Look, we're trying to find the answer to our question. You mean you lost the question? No, we haven't. Well, why don't you advertise it? You know, lots of times you get things back by advertising, you know. Oh, indeed, yes, you know. I remember one time I lost my wallet. Yeah? Had a lot of money in it, too, so I put an ad in the paper for it. Did you get it back? I certainly did. By the same day that I put the ad in the paper, I got it back. You did? Where was it? In the inside pocket of my coat. Yeah. <laughs> there you see, Mr. Howard. See, I told yeah, you, yeah, paid advertising. Yeah, very really. good. Of course, rather, I would never have found it, you see, if I hadn't seen the ad in the paper. No, I am mad. <laughs> yeah. I can say that. I mean, you can see that. <laughs> say, Mr. McNaughton, did you give yourself a reward? Well, I, I offered it to myself, but I refused. You refused. <laughs> you said I, uh, no, huh? Just an act no. of principle, I imagine. Yes. Look, will you... Well, you try and answer this. Will you tell me one thing? Why is it you always find some way to make nonsense out of everything I utter? Out of everything you what? Utter, utter. He means he mumbles a lot, you know, talks under his breath. That's mutter. Mutter? Oh, no, Mr. Howard. 
Mutter means when you get excited and go skipping all over the place. Ah, uh, Miss McConnell, that's flutter. Oh, no, no, no. I beg to differ, old boy. Flutter means to sort of fool around with things without accomplishing very much. Please, that's putter. Oh, no, Mr. Hart, no. You're, you're all mixed up. A potter is a sort of an animal that lives in the water. Uh, Mr. Sheldon, that's otter. otter. A fish-eating animal with webbed feet, a long nose, and whiskers. Now we're back to Miss McConnell again. Yeah, just play. <laughs> well, at least we've arrived someplace. Mr. Wilson, will you give out with Miss Bess, or rather finish it up by sending our sender $9.64 for the question? Tell him that the president was born on Lincoln's birthday was Abraham Lincoln. It's always a pleasure to send money to someone, Mr. Howard. $9.64 to Ed Lutzer with birthday greetings from It Pays to Be Ignorant. Well, that winds up another session of It Pays to Be Ignorant. This is Tom Howard saying good night for Harry McNaughton, Lula McConnell, and George Shelton. Good night and good nonsense. Thank you. <laughs> Jack Carson was a funny, funny man, and especially humorous in this sequence with Mel Blanc as Private Sad Sack. Pardon me, pardon me, me. Is this the G.I. G.I. Journal? Yes, yes. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank you. I'm sure glad to be. I'm sure glad to be. Oop, wrong room. Wait, wait. Who are you? Oh, me? I'm a little captain, mate, private sad sack. Okay, sad sack. How's about doing another chapter in your life? Okay, but first we got to have a... We got to have a... Just a minute, I'll blow a trumpet. Episode nine in the life of the sad sack. Some 22 years ago, the stork paid a visit to the sack household. After two or three hours of work, the doctor came to the head of the stairs and said, Congratulations, finest cocker spaniel I ever saw. <laughs> his mother was very proud of her newborn infant. She'd give him his bottle every day, and soon the sad sack was talking baby talk. <laughs> hey, this stuff's been cut. <laughs> takes him for a walk one day, and they meet a friend. The friend speaks. So this is your little boy, huh? <laughs> He's a spitting image. <laughs> I'm a chip off the old... I'm a chip off the old... I'm following in his, in his footsteps. Like father likes this... Likes this... Well, I'm just as ashamed of it as you are. <laughs> The sad sack is a happy little baby. One day he's lying in his crib playing with his toes. His mother comes in. Oh, the heck with it. Oh, what are you doing, sack? I'm going to count my toes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, twenty-ten, twenty-eleven, twenty-twelve, thirteen, fourteen, 
Red Sack was very bashful. He sat in his girl's parlor and wiggled his ears, played with his thumbs, and <laughs> finally the girl couldn't stand it any longer. She reaches over and... I, I can't wait any longer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, you, you shouldn't have... Uh, you shouldn't have... Uh, uh, what's the uh, big idea of... Uh, let me go... Let me go... Uh, uh, gee, what'll I think of next? <laughs> December 1941, and the sad sack joins the army. One day, a visiting colonel sees the sad sack and asks him... Soldier, what company are you with? Oh, I'm with company... 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 What branch of the service are you with? Oh, I'm, I'm in the infantry, 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 the coast artillery, the coast artillery. I'm, I'm with the artillery, artillery, KP. No, no, no. I mean, what do you usually do in the army? Oh, oh, oh I, I'm an airplane, but an airplane. I'm a rear gun, a rear I'm a bomber to the, bomber to the KP. I said. <laughs> The popularity of the motion picture film Bonnie and Clyde has led to many things, such as Bonnie and Clyde posters, clothing, commercials, hairstyles, you name it. Plus, the Bonnie and Clyde radio show. Now, prepare yourself for terrific tension as we bring you The Amazing Radio Adventures of Bonnie and Clyde. After Bonnie and Clyde were named to the top ten survey of bad guys, the adulation of their fans and admirers became almost unbearable. Let's listen. All right, Teller. Yeah? This is a stick-up. Now keep your tippy-toe off that alarm and fill this sack with money. Why? You're a criminal. You won't get away with this. Don't tell me I can't get away with nothing. This here's Clyde Barrow you're talking to. Clyde Barrow? That's right. Now get that money in that sack. The Clyde Barrow? Right. The Bonnie and Clyde Clyde Barrow? Yeah, that's it. Now just get the money in the... Oh, can I touch you? No, no, you just... Uh, oh, please, please let me touch you. Well, just a little, and then you get that money in that sack. Huh? Oh, that's enough. No! Stop. Look, mister! Could I have your autograph? Now, I... Oh, please, here, it won't take a minute. Well, I, uh, uh got an 8 by 10 glossy photo of Bonnie with me, but they're a quarter each, of oh, course. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. Would you autograph them uh, here? Now, wait, the, the bank pen... Well, I'm sorry, the bank pen won't write. Oh, it, scratch it, little scratch it. Yes, oh, uh, Clyde Barrow, Clyde Barrow. Uh, that's me. Oh, 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 right, right. Yeah, all right, all right. What, uh, just tell me what you want me yeah, to we'll, say. Well, just write to Lester, fourth window teller at the Fern City fourth National Bank. Teller. One of the fine friends with fine whom it's always friends. been a pleasure to do business. Look, to a fan and admirer. I tell him I will always remember You're to going Lester. awfully fast. And to wonderful Wilma, yes, his wife. And their lovely Wilma. children, Lester Junior, four, four. Franklin two, Sandra one, Morton eight. Okay, wait, 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 that's, I gotta get out of here. Oh, wait, 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 what? Clyde! So my kids will know it was you. Shoot me in the leg before you go to Clyde. Huh? Wound me. What? It won't take a minute, please. Why? You're a nut. You must be listening next time when Clyde Barrow gets his nose broken during the course of a bank robbery. And through this chance happening, discovers a whole new career as Barbara Streisand. That brings to a close this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to tune in next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.